Johnny, put that big ass size 7 on and kick it for the homies. Words, beautiful words, really cool words. words Get smarter, words, go farther. Words. Say something scientific. Salicylic acid. Get smarter with words. I am a good speller, I am. Get smarter with word from your mother. Positive words that start with you. The words that can come out of our mouth can change our life. Describe yourself in three words. Using big words can make you look stupid. Here's Johnny. A pharmaceutically drenched show. You have tuned into this fine Friday, December 11, 2020. Welcome to the Get Smarter with Words podcast. My name is Johnny Wright. I'm your host. I'm your tour guide through better words to expand your vocabulary. And maybe today, really, some bigger words. Let's plan on that because we will be talking about drugs. Uh, From business pros to blue-collar hoes, all of you, you have a home right here, right here where the dictionary also stops. I'll tell you who else stops with us is our lovely show host, Tempor. Tempor, business travel in one click, Tempor.com. It's at Slick, T-E-M-P-O-R-E.com. Huge shout out to our podcasters, listeners, and downloaders around this beautiful blue marble including Grand Forks, North Dakota, on the eastern border of Minnesota, Canton, Michigan, on the western outskirts of Detroit, Velikiya Luki Paskov Oblast, on the Lovat River, 300 miles west of Moscow. It was anointed a city of military glory because of the courage displayed by the citizens there during World War II. Pacific, Missouri, southwest of St. Louis on scenic I-44. Katy, Texas, welcome on the far western reaches of Houston. Boise, Idaho, the state's beautiful capital city. My own Des Moines, Iowa, our capital city here where this uh, show emanates from. By the way, the state capital building the dome for uh, here in Iowa is the largest state capital dome of any of the Uh, state capitol buildings of the 48 contiguous states plus Alaska and Hawaii. And last, the Ailai Delhi. It is a census town in the state of Delhi, India. What is a census town? Let's jump into the definitions today. And anytime there is a word definition or term, we will play the magic harp to indicate indeed something important is coming. Census town is a town that is not officially a town in India, but may have town-like characteristics, okay? Well, let's talk about drugs. It's medication time. Medication time. Now, before the 1800s, to get stoned, to prevent or relieve man's pain and suffering, we used to just suck on trees. We would eat a flower. We would smell a, you know, thumper from Bambi, that scene. That, that's from real life. Uh, we would just look at a weed, and we would suddenly feel just, just a little better. All natural. And then the advent, the advent, advent, the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event, <laughs> much like this podcast, the advent of the first synthetic drug, chloral hydrate. Discovered in 1869, introduced as a sedative, chlorohydrate, now used in, well, used in surgery back then in the old days. Used to just take a hammer and smack you, but no, then 
later was used as a date rape drug. Interesting story in history about chloral hydrate. The term slip her a Mickey. Have you heard of that? Well, where does that come from? Mickey Finn, named after the manager, the uh, slip her a Mickey named after Mickey Finn. He was the manager of Chicago's Lone Star Saloon, operated in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Finn was accused of using knockout drops to incapacitate and rob his customers. You make your money how you can, I say, but that did not go over well, as you could imagine. Today, we know the date rape drug as Rohypnol. Rohypnol, a tranquilizer that is 10 times more potent than Valium. Users crush the pills, snort the powder, sprinkle it on marijuana, smoke it, dissolve it in a drink, inject it, and this time of the year, it's just a lovely decoration for the holidays. By the way, a 1990 study compared the effects of Valium versus chloral hydrate. You will find this interesting and disturbing. From that study, it says the purpose of this study was to compare a high and low dose of diazepam or Valium with chloral hydrate in the sedation of young children. 30 healthy children between the ages of 20 and 48 months participated in the study, and of course, willingly. All children were restrained in a papoose board with auxiliary head restraint while given doses of the sedatives. No word yet on how those kids turned out. Chloral hydrate may be a term that you are familiar with as in terms of aluminum chloral hydrate. Yes, found in deodorants. So how did we find out about this cornucopia of drugs? How did we become aware? How did we become woke? Well, prior to 1997, it was word of mouth. Our doctors told us. Our neighbors told us. The TV may have mentioned it to us. Two bubble drippies with everything. Yeah. A bag of yeah. chips and a big toy slush. Sure. Same for me, but extra sauce. Okay. Getting kids to eat right isn't easy. A government survey has shown that 9 out of 10 preschoolers didn't get the recommended levels of iron, and 5 out of 10 didn't get enough vitamins A and C. But Flintstones Plus Iron helps kids get the iron and 10 essential vitamins they need. Flintstones, we make them for kids because the odds are against them. We were already working on children from 1979. 23 years ago, all of this changed. Get this stuff out of here. Let's get serious. The rules that govern the marketing of drugs were uh, significantly relaxed. Drug ads on television or direct-to-consumer advertising or DTCA or die terribly quickly already was legalized by the FDA. What in the hell is the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, a federal agency of the Department of Health and Human Services? The FDA is responsible for protecting and promoting public health through control and supervision of food, tobacco, dietary supplements, prescription, over-the-counter pharmaceutical drugs, vaccines, biopharmaceuticals, blood transfusions, medical devices. They are very busy at the FDA. Electromagnetic radiation-emitting devices, cosmetics, animal foods and feed, veterinary products, and making sure I get dressed in the morning. The United States and New Zealand are the two countries where it is legal to pimp prescription drugs directly to consumers. 
Now, there are two kinds of drug ads. I take drugs. I take drugs. The product claim ad names a drug, notes its generic name and the condition it treats and talks about both benefits and risks in a balanced fashion. Like that rapid fire delivery of potential side effects at the end of every TV ad that we are, have come to know and love but have no idea what they're mumbling. Then there's the reminder ad, which gives the drug's name, but not the drug's use. The assumption is that the audience already knows what the drug is for. This kind of ad does not contain risk information because it does not discuss the condition the drug treats or how well it works. That is up to you. Just listen, just take it. It will cure something. The FDA, by the way, does not approve prescription drug ads in advance. Now, the Motion Picture Association of America will approve movies in advance and give them ratings. The ads that run for those drugs, hey, you know, whatever. We'll work on it after we see it, assuming. And, and the thing is, they try. They, they, they try to see and watch all of the TV ads. we are trying to stop the light. The FDA cannot limit the amount of money companies spend on advertising, advertisements. It cannot ban ads for drugs that have serious risks. Drug companies do not have to spell out exactly how a drug works or mention the cost or note if there is a generic version of the drug. Talk with your doctor is a common refrain. All right, you've heard that, that reference throughout drug ads. Now, that seems reasonable. Hey, talk to your doctor. Maybe in your best interest. It seems like that on the surface, except talk with your doctor is just like when your doctor says, use this medication. You can see the circle, right? The interconnective nature of this. Talk to your doctor. Doctor says, talk to your medication. Everybody's talking and no one says a word. FDA.gov website, here's what the uh, drug ads must tell you. It's direct from their website. At least one approved use for the drug, all the risks of using the drug. Ads can only give the most important risks. The most important risks. How can the ad violate the law? So again, these are people that, you know, they're trying. They're in there trying, they're, they're trying to see- I'm trying, ads. Ringo. I'm trying real hard. Trying. Man, I'm doing everything I can to see all of these terrible ads to make sure that they live up to the law, the letter of the law. And I may be taking drugs while I'm watching the drug ads because it's the only way I can get through the drug ads. An ad violates the law by stating or implying that the drug can treat a condition when the FDA has not approved the drug for such use or make claims that are not supported by adequate evidence or misrepresent the data from studies or overstate the drug's benefits or suggest that the drug can be used in patients with specific characteristics when the drug hasn't been shown to work or to be safe in such patients or leave out or downplay risk information. Now that sounds groovy and goulash. A Yale University study may say the opposite. Most drug ads, says the study, 
These are people who actually watch the ads. Most drug ads downplay the risks. They make claims that cannot be proven and target the viewer with slice-of-life images and music. Now, I want you to picture, yeah, you can see those ads and hear them. When ads go into a laundry list of side effects, it can become white noise compared to the happy, smiling faces appearing on screen. Like this ad for Ambien, a sedative. When morning comes in the middle of the night. There, already. Can you relate to that? Where you, you wake up in the middle of the night and it, it's like 5 a.m. I'm not really sure what the, when morning comes in the middle. Let's hear that again. When morning comes in the middle of the night. Okay, let's keep rolling. <laughs> ah, now I get it. It affects your entire day. So in other words, like I woke up this morning at 4 a.m. Okay, does that impact the rest of my day? Well, I already feel sluggish. Yikes. Do you have anything that can make me go back to sleep when I'm already tired? To get a good night's sleep, try two-layer Ambient CR. The so two-layer Ambient CR, don't know what the acronym means, and it doesn't really matter. It's like having MBA after your name. And it's two-layer. This sounds like dual protection. And note the nice, peaceful music in the background and the lovely voiceover. First layer dissolves quickly to help you fall asleep. Because so many other of these drugs don't dissolve quickly. They just sit there in your stomach for hours and hours. So you can see the positives already in this drug. And unlike other sleep aids, a second dissolves slowly to help you stay asleep. So you've got a double dose of Ambien. The first dissolves quickly to help you sleep, and the, and the last dissolves slowly to help you stay asleep for 12, 16, sometimes even 24 hours. Often people just never wake up. It's that effective. When taking Ambien CR, don't drive or operate machinery. Sleepwalking and eating or driving while not fully awake with memory loss for the event, as well as abnormal behaviors such as being more outgoing or aggressive than normal, confusion, agitation, and hallucinations may... Well, that doesn't sound bad occur. Don't take it with alcohol as it may increase these behaviors. Allergic well, there goes all the fun of taking drugs. Reactions such as shortness of breath, swelling of your tongue or throat may occur and in rare cases may be fatal. Side effects may include Okay. Next day, drowsiness, dizziness, and headache. In patients with depression, worsening of depression, including risk of suicide, may occur. If you experience any of these behaviors or reactions, contact your doctor immediately. Wake up ready for your day. Ask your health you know, wake up ready for your day, assuming you wake up, assuming that your hallucination has not driven you to walk over to your neighbor's house and say, hi, I'm Bugs Bunny. Where are your carrots? Assuming that you haven't passed out while operating your Prius, then you, my friend, could get a <laughs> finally a decent night's sleep. Care provider for two-layer Ambien CR. Talk to your health care provider. So there's the circle back. Talk to your doctor about Ambien, CR, double layer, and coming soon, Ambien, triple layer. Well, at least, and I hope you understand this, at least we can depend on our doctor to give it to us straight. Almost half of all doctors in the United States receive some kind of payment from the drug or medical device industry, according to a 2015 Journal of the American Medical Association study. Kickbacks are illegal, but it is not illegal for pharma or big pharma, if you'd like, to pay physicians fees for speaking, 
consulting, meals, travel, and hey, does your daughter need to get into Harvard? What is a kickback? I have a general idea, but let's expand on that. A kickback is a payment made to someone who has facilitated a transaction or appointment, especially, especially illicitly. How big is the problem? Two and one half billion dollars a year is paid as legal kickbacks that are not called kickbacks, but that are kickbacks to doctors from the pharmaceutical industry. That jack is used to uh, suggest that doctors prescribe their products to more patients for longer periods of time and in higher doses. Here it is by the numbers. We spend $500 billion on prescription drugs. We spent that in 2019, which was $200 billion more than in 2018. Nearly half of Americans take prescription drugs, men, women, and yes, children. Why are kids taking drugs? What? The average American takes over 10 pills a day, prescription or over-the-counter. That is why your great-grandma Edna rattles when she walks. According to the Addiction Center, the 10 most common drug addictions. Now, what do you think is number one? G-U-M-P-O-W-D-E-R. The tobacco. You're correct. Number two, alcohol followed by pot, painkillers like Oxycontin, Vicodin, next cocaine, then heroin, benzodiazepines like the date rape drug. Stimulants are next with Adderall, Ritalin, and meth. And number nine, inhalants. And uh, closing out the top ten list are sedatives, barbiturates. A record 72,000 Americans died from overdose last year, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That number will rise by 13% this year, according to predictor models. The acceleration of people ODing has pushed down the life expectancy rate in this country. And COVID-19 hasn't helped. You tell me, though, Johnny, hey, listen, I don't take drugs. I'm not a drug guy. I'm not a drug gal. I'm clean. I'm squeaky clean. I don't take aspirins. If I have a headache, so what? I just live with it. Pain, forget it. I'm tough as nails. Well, you still may be on drugs. Tiny amounts of pharmaceuticals, including antibiotics, hormones, stimulants, painkillers, and mood stabilizers are found in our drinking water that comes out of the tap post-filtering. That also includes bottled water. The fact is we are all drug addicts, and I'd like to welcome all of you to rehab today. We learned so many new words and terms today. Census Town, Advent, Chlorohydrate, Mickey Finn, Rahibdal, Food and Drug Administration, and Kickback. This drug-induced show has been brought to you by, where'd my music go? There it is. The music left the auditorium. Brought to you by Tempor, business travel at one click, Tempor.com. Monday, I'm getting nothing for Christmas except a dictionary. Until then, have a lovely upcoming weekend. We will see you on Monday.